The reading this morning is taken from Psalm chapter 8, verses 1 to 9. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes, to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honour. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Good morning, everyone. I hope you are doing well this morning. Let me start off by asking you a question. Have you ever slept out under the stars? Last week, uh, a friend of mine who's leaving Newcastle, invited me to bivy out under the stars uh, with a few other lads in the Cheviot Hills. Uh, for those of you tuning in from a bit further afield, uh, there's some fairly wild hills about an hour from Newcastle. And it's a beautiful thing to uh, sleep out under the stars, uh, looking up at the Milky Way, uh, looking for shooting stars uh, flying across the sky, or at least I imagine it would be. Uh, all I was really looking at was uh, raindrops coming down, uh, probably uh, as many as the stars in the sky, getting me gradually more and more wet. Okay, it wasn't it wasn't that bad, uh, but I didn't see any stars. But I wonder if you have uh, ever had that feeling uh, where you're looking out over uh, an amazing mountain range, uh, or a huge ocean, uh, or a starry sky and it suddenly makes you feel very small and insignificant. And you can't help wondering, do we matter? Uh, or are we just nothing? Uh, what are we? Uh, what does it mean to be human? Now maybe uh, they're not questions that you often ask. Uh, in some ways they're a bit overly philosophical, aren't they? But uh, talking to various folks, I do think that many of us um, during this time of lockdown, uh, I have found that things can seem a bit meaningless. Uh, in some ways, life has felt like it's on hold. Uh, we heard that interview with some of our young people last week, didn't we? Uh, talking about the fact that they'd worked for two years uh, towards uh, their A-levels and then hadn't been able to take any exams. Uh, and it can all feel a bit meaningless. Uh, many of us have been working online, uh, maybe teaching online, uh, but sometimes you can't help wondering uh, whether we're really achieving that much. Uh, does what we do matter? Uh, do we matter? The atheist philosopher Bertrand Russell uh, said that everything about us is just a result of accidental collisions of atoms and absolutely nothing we do uh, can preserve our life beyond the grave. Uh, he's saying that uh, what you do makes no difference in the end. 
uh, you're going to die, uh, every one of us is going to die, uh, the universe is blind and indifferent. It's cheerful stuff. Uh, in fact, Russell called it a firm foundation of unyielding despair. <sighs> Heavy stuff. But if it's true, uh, then we need to suck it up and accept it, don't we? But thankfully, Psalm 8 that we're looking at this morning reveals the truth, uh, which is far better. Uh, it tells us that there is a God. And not only is God there, but we see uh, he cares for each one of us. Uh, so we matter and we can have meaning and purpose. And if you're uh, skeptical of that this morning or, or just looking into things, uh, you're always really welcome at our services. Uh, and let me also say that the author uh, here uh, sh also shows us how God reveals himself to us. Uh, so why not uh, follow along? But before we dive in, uh, let's pray. Father God, thank you that you are not a God who stays distant. You have revealed yourself to us. Uh, please help us to get to know you better this morning. Uh, and as we do that, we pray that we would get to know ourselves better too. Uh, we pray that we would understand more of who we are and what we were made to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. King David starts off his psalm by marvelling at creation and he highlights to us that creation shows us uh, God is there and that he cares. Verse 1, David writes, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Uh, he's saying uh, the heavens tell of the glory and majesty of God. When we see uh, an amazing sculpture or, or hear a great bit of music, uh, it's natural for us to think uh, who made it uh, or who wrote it. And David's saying the beauty of the heavens and of creation points us to the one who made it all. It points us to a creator. Firstly, uh, the sheer scale and beauty of it. Did you know that uh, if our uh, Milky Way galaxy was shrunk to be the size of North America, uh, then our solar system, uh, all those planets that you learn about at school, would fit into a coffee cup. And there are maybe a hundred billion galaxies in the universe. Uh, that's totally mind-blowing, isn't it? So firstly, the, the scale and beauty of it points us to a creator. Uh, but secondly, also the detail of the universe points us to God. Uh, for example, the fine-tuning of the universe. Uh, like the fact that if the earth was just a little bit closer to the sun, we would boil to death. Or if the earth rotated a little bit slower, uh, then we would freeze to death at night. In fact, uh, the brilliant mathematician Sir Roger Penrose, uh, who isn't a Christian, uh, said that to get a universe like this, uh, the, the aim of the creator uh, would have to be accurate to one part 
in 10 to the power 10 to the power 123. Uh, that is a huge number. Uh, if you had a uh, put a one here and a zero on every elementary particle in the universe, you wouldn't get a number that long. Now that's a bit hard to get our heads around, uh, but what it's saying is that uh, this universe isn't just slightly fine-tuned, uh, it's incredibly fine-tuned. And surely that points us to a creator. So David tells us that creation uh, points us to how mind-blowingly awesome and huge God is. Uh, but he doesn't stop there. Because if this amazing God uh, takes no notice of us, uh, then what difference does it make to have an incredible creator? But have a look at what David says in verse 3. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? David exclaims, what is man in comparison to God? Uh, it's a rhetorical question. Uh, it, it's like he's saying, uh, we're nothing, are we? We're totally insignificant. Uh, we're like a grain of sand on the beach in comparison to God. And yet we're told that he is mindful of us. Uh, he cares for us. Uh, we're, we're actually on his mind. David stands back in wonder and joy at the incredible mystery of it. That God shows concern for us. Apparently, the great uh, composer Mozart was once stopped by a beggar in the street, uh, but he didn't have any money on him. Uh, so he quickly took the beggar off to a local coffee shop and, uh, uh, and then uh, wrote out a quick bit of music for him. And he gave the music to the beggar uh, along with a covering note and directed him towards his publishers. Uh, and soon enough, uh, the beggar uh, was, in, uh, uh, was in possession of a, a pretty decent sum of money. And he was probably left wondering, why did Mozart take notice of me? Uh, why did he invest in me? That's a great little story, isn't it? Uh, and that example is, is just the tiniest reflection of what God is like with us. Uh, amazingly, he cares about us. Uh, amazingly, he's capable of knowing every one of us. Uh, in fact, uh, only God could hold together the, the vastness of the universe and such individual care and concern. And next up, David shows us uh, one of the ways that we see uh, his concern for us. Uh, David shows us that we see it in creation. Uh, he continues in verse 5 uh, saying this, Yet you have made him, uh, humankind, a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honour. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. Uh, you have put all things under his feet. These verses, uh, verses 5 to 8, are simply a poetic summary of uh, part of the creation account in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. How does uh, David know that we matter? Uh, how does he know that man counts? Uh, well, he gets it from what God has told him in the first chapters of his Bible. 
Genesis 1 and 2 tell us that when God made us, uh, he made us in his image. Uh, There are amazing terms in this psalm, aren't there, for humankind. Uh, Terms like glory, honour, being crowned. Man is royal, uh, not because of anything that we've done, but because God has made us that way and he tells us that. And as such, he cares about us. Uh, He cares how humans are treated. And that means every person has amazing value. As an aside, it's worth saying uh, briefly that Christian teaching is the the very basis for human rights. Uh, It's the basis for the dignity and value of every person. Uh, People just didn't think like that before Christian teaching became widespread. I mean, it, it felt obvious that people had different values. But Christian teaching taught that we all have great value because we're made in the image of God. So creation uh, shows us God cares, uh, but we also get hints in this psalm of the ultimate proof that the God who created this universe cares deeply about us. And that proof is that he came down and visited us and redeemed us. Uh, That's the ultimate reason that we know this isn't just a vast, empty universe. I did a little talk uh, on uh, Zechariah's song from the opening chapters of Luke uh, last Christmas. I remember that time when we can actually meet together. And uh, Zechariah's prophecy about the soon-to-happen birth of the Saviour said this. Uh, He said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And we get uh, hints of this in a a couple of places in this psalm. And both are places where the verses uh, may have felt a bit strange or difficult to understand. The first one is there in verse 2. It says this. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. That might be one of those verses that you kind of glossed over as uh, it was being read uh, because you weren't sure what it meant. It sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? I mean, David's talking about the glory of God displayed in the heavens. uh, But then he starts talking about God establishing strength from the mouth of babies and infants. But it's actually, interestingly, the only verse that Jesus quotes from this psalm. You see, the verse talks about God stilling the enemy and the avenger, and those are strong words in the original language. Uh, They're talking about the hate and evil in this world. And how is God going to deal with that hate and evil? He deals with it out of the mouth of babies and infants. You see, Jesus quotes this psalm uh, just after he rides into Jerusalem, days before his death. Uh, he goes to the temple in Jerusalem, uh, and who are the people who, who shout out in praise and worship of him? Well, it's not the religious leaders of the temple. We read that it is the poor, the lame, 
Uh, the children in the temple who shout out in praise whilst the chief priests uh, just confront him and, and say do you hear what these people are saying and in response to them Jesus quotes verse 2 of this psalm uh, he's saying don't you realize that this is how God deals with people in this world uh, he deals with them in a way that is totally different to what you would imagine he uses the weak to display his glory. He uses the humble. Uh, we see that time and time again uh, in the way God uses the nation of Israel in the Old Testament or in the people he uses, uh, like Moses. And in the ultimate example of that, God himself became a baby. Uh, God became an infant. Uh, instead of grabbing at power, he came down and he went to the cross to die for our sins, to still the enemy and avenger, to triumph over evil. And why did he come down? He came down because of his amazing character uh, displayed in this psalm. He came down because he is mindful of us. He came down because he cares for us. What, what an amazing God. There's the ultimate proof that the creator of this universe cares about you. Uh, he's mindful of you. Uh, you're not just a bunch of cells. Uh, you're not nothing. You're made and loved by God uh, so much that he came down to rescue you and to redeem you. So are you going to trust him and worship him like David? Uh, he is worthy to be praised. And it doesn't end there, because if we trust Jesus's death on the cross, uh, we also have a glorious future to look forward to, uh, a glorious future which shows us again that God cares for us. The other verses, uh, which may have felt uh, a bit odd in this psalm, are verses 5 and 6. Uh, in those we, uh, we read that uh, man uh, rules over God's whole created order. Verse 6 says, you have put all things under his, uh, mankind's feet. But commentator Dale Ralph Davis uh, says that the word all here uh, kind of sticks out like a sore throbbing thumb because we don't see man ruling the created order as God's second in command really, do we? Uh, or at least it doesn't always feel like that. Uh, it feels more like COVID-19 rules uh, or maybe uh, cancer rules sometimes. But the author of Hebrews uh, quotes this bit of Psalm 8 and he says, you know, we, we don't see that in full yet, but we do see Jesus. Hebrews tells us that this hasn't happened yet. We don't see God's plan in full colour yet, but we do see Jesus crowned with glory and honour and reigning. One man, Jesus, shows us that verses 5 and 6 will become a reality. Uh, Jesus shows us where we're headed and gives us a solid hope 
to help us understand that. Uh, imagine that awful situation uh, where you're in a, a group shipwrecked on the ocean. Uh, you're adrift at sea. But finally, at last, a helicopter arrives at, and you see the first person winched up to safety. And it gives you a solid hope uh, that that is where you are headed soon. Hebrews tells us that seeing where Jesus has headed gives us the assurance that we have a glorious future if we're trusting in him. Uh, Revelation chapter 5, which we looked at in our recent sermon series, uh, says this. You have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Uh, that's the royal future that we have to look forward to. And Jesus is already enjoying it and he's led the way. So how uh, do we respond to all these things that we've heard? Well, firstly, after we've seen the way this awesome God cares for us, uh, it begs the question, are we going to trust him? For some, uh, that might be for the first time. Uh, this psalm encourages us that this is a God we can trust, a God who cares for us. Uh, he's the firm foundation of joy and purpose that we can build our lives on uh, in place of that foundation of unyielding despair, as Russell put it. So will you trust him? Or maybe you've been a Christian for a while and you're tempted to doubt God's care for you in all the ups and downs of life. And you need to look again at what he's done for you and trust him. Uh, that might mean starting a, a regular habit of praying each morning uh, or night, uh, or it might mean saying a quick prayer uh, each time you're anxious uh, and committing uh, that thing to God uh, and trusting him. Secondly, uh, when we think about uh, those big questions of what it means to be human, this psalm makes it clear that we'll only truly uh, find our purpose and meaning in God. Lockdown may have uh, pulled the rug out for some, uh, for some of us uh, of the, the things that we often look to for purpose and meaning, uh, exams, career, money, health, but we were made by a God who cares for us uh, and we were made to glorify him and to enjoy him forever. Uh, so are you going to make that your mission statement for life? Uh, are you praying that God, by his spirit, uh, would be changing your heart so that you live for his glory uh, rather than for all the things that this world wants to tell us are more important? Uh, maybe that's how you spend your time. Uh, are you going to seek out opportunities to serve him uh, during this strange time? Uh, maybe it's reading the Bible with others or, or sharing the services, the online service links uh, with others. Uh, how are you going to use your time to serve him? Uh, or are you just going to hunker down at this time? Uh, maybe it's praying that you would seek God's glory first and foremost uh, when you make the big decisions in life, uh, like whether to take a job, uh, whether to marry and who to marry, uh, where you're going to live. Are you going to seek God's glory first in those decisions? 
You see, this awesome God cares for you. Uh, He knows what's best for you. Uh, And so last but not least, if we've grasped even a fraction of this from this psalm this morning, we'll want to exclaim like David, what am I that you care about me? Uh, We'll want to praise God as David does at the start and end of this psalm. Uh, You see, he he bookends this psalm uh, with the words, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Uh, That's the message that David really wants to get across to us in his psalm. God is worthy to be worshipped and praised with all that we have. Let's pray. Father God, we want to join with David in saying how majestic is your name in all the earth. When we look at all that you have made and when we look at all that you have done for us and all that we have to look forward to in Jesus, we are amazed that you are so mindful of us, uh, that you care for us. Please help us to trust you and to worship you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.